everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks live sessions here on Facebook and YouTube and uh, maybe some of you are even watching on Periscope on Twitter. It's so great to, to be with you again. It's Monday. It's the 8th of June and uh, I can't, can't even believe that, you know, this is where we are in the year. It's been such an interesting year, I think, like no one expected. Um, but it's I've been enjoying these sessions, and I thank you so much for, for joining us and coming on board. The point of these sessions is to hear stories of people that I know and uh, respect and have had an impact on my life and many other people's lives, and to share those stories of, of hope and encouragement and of how God's love has unlocked their lives. And uh, um, for those of you who are returning that have been here a few times, you know that we've chatted to some really amazing people with some awesome stories. And uh, today we have another amazing guest we can chat to. Um, but yeah, I want to say hi to a few people. I see we've got some uh, some of the regulars are here. We've got some new people. Uh, Morgan, hey Morgan, Vilma, Monica, Rainy, uh, wow, Julia. Well, so great to see you guys. Thank you. Um, let us know, please, where you are joining us from, uh, which country, which city. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We are chatting to an amazing guy uh, who I'm so proud to call my friend. And, uh, and colleague in the music industry. His name is Neville D. He is a super talented musician and songwriter and a great singer and uh, such a great talent, such a blessing to South Africa. And uh, we got to do a song together, uh, him, me, and, uh, and Loiso Bala last year called It's Time. And uh, he is the father of four. He lives in Cape Town. And uh, I wanna welcome him today as a friend and an amazing artist with a great story, please welcome wherever you're from, whatever you're busy with, try to give this man a big round of applause. It's Neville D. <laughs> awesome. I felt that. I felt that. I heard the hand clap. I heard the applause and everything. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Bro, thank you. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your time. Um, I don't know, you know, I know you have less shows than usual, as, as do I. 99.9% less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a really interesting time, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you're being creative in some way. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that just now. Oh, we've got some cool people. Uh, oh, Nandi Boss. Hey, Nandi. She was here earlier doing a, doing a video recording. It's great that you're logging on. Uh, Joey, Amanda, Haley, so many people are logging in. We've got people from the UAE. Uh, Jacobs Boy, Meyerton, Amanzam Toti, and someone oh, wow. from Perth. That's so cool. Pretoria. Wow, that's amazing. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you at Love Unlocks. I really appreciate it. Uh, we are going to chat. If you're just logging in now, we're talking to Neville D, a singer-songwriter from Cape Town. He's also an award-winning artist. He's got a Dove Award. He had a Grammy nominee with, uh, with Mr. Israel Houghton. Amazing. Uh, so it's such a privilege and an honor to have you on the program today. How this oh, works is we normally just have a bit of a chat and we have some fun, find out a bit more about you and then we we head into some more of the serious questions about just how you how jesus's love has unlocked your life so we're gonna kick right off i like i like um putting people on the spot so are you ready bro <laughs> go ahead okay cool can you just move slightly to your right so you're more in the center of there we go nice now we can see you 
Great. Thank you, bro. All right. So I have to ask, because um, this is always a surprise to most people. How old are you, bro? I'm going to be uh, 42 in a few, uh, in a couple weeks. Um, it's my birthday. It's my birthday month. Azay, okay. Yeah, I, man. I, I turned 42 this year as well. There you go. We're, the, we're 78 babies then, both yes, of us. Sir. That's so yes, cool. Sir. The other day I spoke to uh, Graham Power and he, he got married in 78. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. so that was a, that was very funny to see that. Um, you are married to yeah. Liesl and uh, yeah. you guys have been married for how long now? 20 years this year. What? 20 years this year. Oh my I'm hat. telling you. I'm telling you. That's amazing, bro. That when we were like 12 or something. Nah, I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> I was turning 22. Yeah, 21, 22. Somewhere around there. Yeah, That's period. amazing. But, but then we've known each other what felt like for such a long time. So by the time we got to our early 20s, which in my case was 21 and yeah. her 22, somewhere around there, we've known each other for so long. So it really felt like you know, that was like the natural sort of next thing to do. I was just going to ask you how long from when you met till you popped the question, but oh, it sounds so like you were friends cool. for a long oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When did yeah. things when did things start getting romantic between you two? I, you know what? It's funny because, you know, when people talk about love at first sight, it's always <laughs> got, you know, yeah. but it was literally love at first sight. Wow. You know, when I saw the first time, I knew as a teenager, I knew this was going to be my wife. No or way. At least, or at least that's what I yeah. knew I wanted. Yes. And it, and it just so turned out to be that way. So bless God, man. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. So, so tell us, how did you eventually then pop the question? Was she surprised at all or did she see it coming? Nah, it was, it was the natural sort of next step, you know. So, okay. Sorry, I've got are they coming to get my the the bin the garbage? I don't know if you can hear that over the. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Is it? Cool. Okay, I'm gonna tell him to leave now. Go away. <laughs> so, um, so I, like I said, as teenagers, I met her. We had a, a bri. For those South Africans, totally understand what a bri is. I don't know if our if our people from other countries understand what a bri. What would that be like? A barbecue or yeah, something? Yeah, barbecue, grilling, anyway, grilling can, meat on a fire. That's the yes, open fire. fire. The Americans talk about an open fire. I don't know what a closed oh, okay, fire is. Cool. I guess it's a kachel, you know. But anyway. Okay, cool. So that's what that's we were at a meeting, some youth meeting thing, you know. You know, that's where the that's where the yeah, that's where yeah, the stuff yeah. happens. That's where know? it starts, bro. So um, we had a youth meeting and I saw it for the first time. Some friends invited me to do this thing and, and like I said, I just knew and we became friends and we were just, you know, friends for what felt like forever. That's amazing. And, um, and like I said, and then we started dating. We dated for, after we've known each other, we've dated for like three years. You know, three is the magic number. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Three days you in know. the grave. <laughs> so, um, so we, we, and then I popped the question. I don't think it was any surprise. It was, like I said, it felt like what was a natural sort of consequence of our relationship. And, and now That's it's been beautiful. 20 years. It felt like it was yesterday. Amazing. We have a few people here. Someone said they thought you were 34. And someone said they thought you were 36. I'll take that. I'll, take, then, I'll take it. And then I'll, someone I'll said take. it's the spirit that keeps you younger. Emil says the spirit <laughs> keeps you younger. <laughs> Amen. I'm you. Amen. I'm telling you. We take that. We take that. <laughs> awesome, man. And um, you are a very prolific artist you've got so many talents i've seen you play guitar piano i'm sure you play even more instruments yeah so as a as yeah. a 
you know, as a fellow singer-songwriter, I'm curious, which which instrument do you prefer when performing and which do you prefer when writing? I don't have a I don't have a preference. Okay. That is it's it's really what the song asks for. Well, sometimes I would sometimes I would start playing the guitar and I don't know, do you play piano? Um uh, no. I I can I know the notes. I took okay. piano when I was little, and uh, so I know the okay. notes, and I can I know enough to program in the studio, but right. I, I can't play right. like um, play. nowhere okay. near so, you, bro. Anyway, <laughs> so 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 it's so literally when you play the piano for me at least when you play the piano it just takes you into a different direction in terms mm. of how you would write, you mm. know. And when you play the guitar, it will take you into another direction. So. Um, I, I, I can tell you what I started out playing as a when I started playing uh, instruments. My first instrument was a guitar, um, and I thought that would be the only thing that I'd ever play. But I've played. I'm playing guitar, piano, bass, drums, and I even started playing flute. You know, I'm. I, I love. What? I love music, man. So I love instruments. So um, that's so. So cool. yeah, it just depends. It depends. Kyle Driver just said I play the flute well, but he obviously doesn't. <laughs> He's never oh, heard wow. me play the flute. <laughs> but oh, wow. now, Kyle, now you know that Neville can play the flute. And uh, so if you ever need a, a session guy on flute, then, you know, you know where to turn. <laughs> yeah. I don't play that well, but I can, but I can play flute. Don't, don't book me for a session. Ah, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one day. But I remember when we did Great Hymns of Our Faith last yeah. year. Um, yes. When you, when you went behind that piano and started playing... The, the those old hymns bro that just floored yeah. me i did not know that you play that well that was amazing i was so impressed i, love, I also love the hymns that's my other thing you know it's, uh, it's well because i grew up you know i got saved when i was like two months old you know so i've been in church all my life <laughs> been always I've been saved been in, i've literally been in church all my life so all the hymns and i grew up with jimmy swaggart and all these guys so Yo. i grew up old school yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I love him. My my wife grew up in a similar way with those songs and that kind of style of music. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really, so it was it was a whole new world that opened up for me when when we yeah. got together and started listening yeah. to music. Before my wife, I had never heard about the Gaither Vocal Band, for example. Oh wow! Or the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Uh, all these, you know, and it's it's yeah. it's amazing music. It's it's yeah. not necessarily my personal favorite style of music, but it's yeah. so amazing. And and yeah. the people who do it, wow, musically so incredibly talented. Right. I love it. I want to know as a as, as a Cape Townian, what is your what is your favorite food? Your go to like if especially if you've been away from home, you know, like what do you look forward to having when I come back to Cape Town? Yeah. I like the sort of the traditional Cape Town, colored Cape Town meals, like uh, Gadsby's. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> the, uh, there's a spot, Bismillah, in, in, um, in uh, what would it be, District 6 or whatever you would call it, the Burkhau. Yeah. You know, so those would be like my go-to stuff if I come back, especially if I come back from the U.S. Yes. You know, just want something that's just Cape Town. And then obviously, you always revert back to a good bry. There's nothing like a good bry. Absolutely. You know, some chicken and some meat. Come on, man. Yeah, some, some good meat. So, when I don't know if you found this as well, but when I go to the States, you, you have to spend like a lot of money to have a... A decent meal where there's good flavor in the food. Yeah. Uh, in general, I find that the food there is very flavorless, 
Whereas yeah. here you can go to a basic grocery store, buy, you know, yeah. some veggies and there's so much more flavor to the food that we yeah. have, right? Yeah, yeah. It felt to me like that as well. When I, when I went to the States the first time, I promised myself, I told myself, only going to eat healthy stuff, you know, no. But once I, st once I started eating some of the foods, I, and I don't know, maybe it's a preference. Maybe it's just because I'm used to whatever I'm used to. But you, I really, I, I, I missed home so much, man. I missed the food so <laughs> much. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing how big a, how big a role food plays, eh? Sure. It does. It does. Uh, Kyle, Kyle is very active today. He thinks I only eat Greek salad. That's nah. right. <laughs> Kyle, keep thinking that. That's fine. <laughs> keep That's thinking good. that. <laughs> keep thinking that. Yeah. All right. So just you've got like two minutes to to gush about your kids. Tell us a cool. bit more about them. What are they like? What what stands out for you about cool. each one? Love to hear about yeah. them. I've got. I mean, now that I've now I've had kids for the last. 20, 20 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, not, not every year, obviously, but I, I mean, <laughs> Start with how many before people think yeah. you've got 20. No, 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 no. It's, not, it's not that many. It's just, it, it's amazing to see the sort of evolution of your children, you know, when they, obviously, when, they, when they're babies and then, you know, toddlers and then, you know, what you have. You see that all those stages... And, and where they are now, because I've got, I mean, my baby is 14 years old. Wow. You know, that's my baby is 14 years old. Yeah. You know, and so I've got young adults and what you have and so on. So it's, it's amazing to see how the evolution, you know, and, and, and how they get from one point to another point. And, and I think one of the things for me as an artist and as a musician and as a singer was I, I wasn't sure whether I wanted, if it was even up to me, I wasn't sure whether I wanted my kids to, to do music. I, yeah. I wanted, you know, it, it was just not one of the things that I was even thinking about. Sure. So I, I wasn't, I genuinely, I wasn't thinking, oh, I wish my kids could sing. So that wasn't, mm. but then, you know, you hear singing happening in the house and you don't take it seriously. You just think, oh, maybe this is singing because we are singing. And then afterwards you realize, oh my goodness, they can actually sing like for real. You know, they, they singing to sing. Oh, wow. And, um, and then they started singing harmonies, you know, like, I'm like, what, what the heck is going on here? What, <laughs> you know, and, um, and they all sing, like literally awesome. all sing, you know, and sometimes I have my wife here. Oh, it was, it's so funny when I have my wife saying, is everybody going to sit? So everybody sings a different song. Everybody's singing. Why is everybody singing? So it is such a natural part of our family singing. And my wife sings as well. So it, it just comes from all over the place. So That's yeah, so, cool. and, um, so definitely house full of music, house full of music. And I, and I, try, I tried from an early, early age to, to make them because I'm in terms of what I listen to. I listen to all kinds of music. Okay. I like when I say all kinds of music, I'm talking about you actually all, mean it the, the whole spectrum. Okay. Like the, I can go from a Bach classical to Bob Marley and the Wailers yeah. in like one, you know, one set of listening to music. You know, like literally one playlist and, on and, your and iPhone. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I made my kids used to that as well. I wanted them to to have like a wide spectrum of music. That's great. And not only in music. I want. I, I, for me, that's a way of life. You know, that's 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 life. Life is the whole spectrum. And although you yeah. find yourself, you know, as and I like this. I love this analogy of the body, which the Bible refers to the church as the body. Yeah. Some of us are hands. Some of us are eyes. Some of us are ears you know, but all part of a body. So it's about understanding the full spectrum. So and then good. obviously know 
this is the part that I play, but this whole thing is much bigger than the little part that I'm playing. So anyway, I'm, that was, a, I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> You know, so I'm trying to teach my I'm trying to teach my kids in terms of a way of life yeah. that life is much bigger than your little world, you know, and I can see that coming from them. I can see how they make, you know, they, they think of life as the as the full spectrum. You yeah. know, I want their minds to be open, not only musically, but 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 about life. And I see that and I'm proud of them for That's doing and for being like that. That's awesome. So, okay, can I yeah. give you a quick challenge? So, name each of your children, and then next to their name, the the first word that pops in your head about that about that kid. Sure. When I think of my eldest daughter, I think of laughter. That's the first thing that I think about. Oh, awesome. Um, when I think of my baby, my son, I think old school. It's like very old school. <laughs> when I, you know, so when I think of my, my middle daughter, Erin, I think very inquisitive. Um, mm. She could be the scientist in the, in the family. Oh, cool. Um, and when I think of Nevin, I'm thinking of, sure, uh, I'm thinking of responsibility. Wow. Yeah, he's, my, he's the eldest son. I'm thinking of responsibility. That's great, man. Oh, I love it. And I love that you're a family guy. I remember... When, when we were on the set of doing the It's Time music video, yeah. you you and I and Luisa had such a cool conversation. And I think what stood out for me was the not just the fact that we could sit you know, from different backgrounds and talk about Jesus and this one thing that, that actually brings us together, but we could also talk about how important marriage and family is. And, and uh, yeah. for me, it was yeah. such an encouragement to... To hear how you yeah. guys spoke, I learned so much. I was inspired so much, and so yeah, I just want to thank you and honor you for for sure, for that. Man. That you are a family man. I respect that so much. Yeah, man. Um, so you've spoken about your love for different genres, and something that you are very well known for uh, is quirkies, um, and. <laughs> And I know that you know that by no means is a you know one genre that you you know sure. only do, but yeah. I, I'm just curious. Especially, I have got this one friend. I think I told you about him. I've had him on this program. His name's Picard Hen. He's a young evangelist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a white guy from Uppington, but he loves quirkies. Like he <laughs> he's got your CD in his car. He's got it on playlist on his phone. That's what he listens yeah. to. Uh, but yeah. I'm curious, and he's curious to know that what is your favorite quirky of all time? Do you have one? I actually do. I've got a I've got a I've got a couple. Um, <laughs> I've got a, a couple, as in two. You know how South Africans meet <laughs> their couple. Be any, yeah, a, yeah. A only the, the, what the couple does not mean is one. But it's anything from there upwards. Anything from but two to a hundred. Yeah, it's, it's two. Um, and it's it's. I love. Uh, there's a quirky. The title is Salah Marker. Yeah, um, I beautiful. Mean, you would know what that is, and that that's why it's so important to me. You know, it's mm. about the salvation. You know, we call him. You know, I don't know, savior, whatever you would call it in English. So that's my one of my favorite quirkies, you know, because it speaks about the salvation. It speaks about, you know, that part, which is the most important part for me of, of, of my life. Mm. That, and then obviously, the um, the Jesus is Bondabar, again, speaking about the love of God. Yes. You know? So those two to me are, those are very dear to me. And then, I mean, there's a whole list of, <laughs> you know, very important ones. But those two are the, the two important ones for me. I love that, and I, I think you know your your amazing song "Niva Dunga" has yeah. 
Yeah, it was such. Quickly tell us the story behind. I love the story behind sure. how that song came came to be, and uh, yeah. I almost find that that's also you know become a new. I think it's 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 now part of the Hall of Fame of Quirkies. Oh, Quirkies! <laughs> sure. Please uh, tell us that, that story. That's an interesting story because I was actually at a funeral. I was at a funeral and where my, um, uh, my wife's cousin passed away. So it was in Olifanzuk. Um, so when you go to when you go to these funerals, they've got church leading up. Yes. To this to the service to the big. funeral service. Yeah, yeah. They've got service from the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Yo. Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday they have extra church. Just tell so, people so, that they have no <laughs> idea where Willy Fons Hook is. Where is that? It's um, it's not far from 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 Picard, Yeah, from Northern Cape. You know? <laughs> so so it's about I think it's about maybe two two three hours out. You know, further, you know, uh, Uppington, and then another two hours to Willy Yeah, yeah. So it's a small little dorpy, you know, between Willy Fanzuk and what is the other Katu. Anyway. So we had, had a service. I think we got there the Thursday um, because I wasn't going to have church the whole week leading up to some extra church on the, on the Saturday. So once we got there <laughs> the Thursday and Friday, we attended the services. And as, as the preacher, so there's a, you must understand, there's a lot of singing going on. There's a lot of preaching. You don't know who's the preacher because it, felt, it feels like everybody's preaching, you know. So sure. there's, a lot of, there's a lot happening. Yeah. And, the one, the one guy who came up and said something. Um, I don't know if it was a sermon or what it was, but it sounded like a sermon. And among other things, he, he said, he, this is the phrase he used. He said, is a hot And I tell you, when he said those words, it just, it just resonated with me. Because what was amazing about that was, remember, we had a funeral. So, I mean, I, I guess the last thing that you want to think about is new things when you're at a funeral because yeah. you're so in this moment. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and I felt in one way God was saying, write the song about that. In another sense, I felt like, God, oh, but this is, not, this is not that time to write the song about new things. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear anything about new things. Yeah. But it was almost like God was, was, was t- because I'm, I'm having this little argument with God. But it felt like God was saying, but this is exactly the time for you to write about new things because sure. we think of death as mm. gone and mm. done and you know and god is saying no you know it's it's i can do even in death i can do new things and we know so that good. you know through jesus christ his death brought about new things it wasn't the end of nothing if anything it was the beginning of something and um and i obviously i, I wrote the song from out of that space and it has been such a blessing to so many people yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I I love that song. It's so good. It's like a hymn combined with a quirky. I yes. don't know. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. your it's your two loves, you know, kind of coming together yeah. there. I think that's awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> we've got we've got Picard online. He says, yeah, he says, I love you guys. First time I I got in his car, Neville's quirkies was playing. See, you just <laughs> confirmed it. That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. I'm oh, like, oh wow. And he was pumping it, man, big time. Like he loves quirkies. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right, bro. You, you mentioned that you you grew up in church. Basically, you got yeah. saved as as a two month old. I'm sure they yeah. they just saw your hand go up and they went, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. obviously, you you had to, you know, you, you matured. You became. You started thinking for yourself. Your your spirit, man, became came alive. Um, right. Can you please tell us a bit more about that journey of, of really coming into the fullness of, of being a Christian and 
what that meant, you know, in where you come from, where you stayed, uh, and what impact did right. that have on the on the rest of your life? Sure. I grew up on the Cape Flats, um, and I grew up all uh, from a church point of view. I grew up in the Pier Pier Car. That's the Pinster Protestant cap. You don't get more Pinster than that. You know, that's Pentecostal. That's old school. big time. You know, so I grew up in in the Pentecostal, um, you know, Protestant church, and I got saved when I was eleven years old. I was I was eleven years old on my way. The church was having what they call a series of services. This is where the church goes out into a community and they have church for like five days or seven days in that community, you know, preaching the gospel. So it's like an outreach. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as a kid, I mean, we wouldn't go, but our parents would go to the services. And then what happened was my aunt and my mom went to the service and then uh, my aunt's husband, he wasn't saved. So he would take them to the service and then come back home and then just go to pick them up. So this particular evening, my, my cousin, who's my peer, um, we went with his dad to go and pick up his mom and my mom, just for the ride, just going with for the ride. So we go, and we're waiting in the parking lot for them to finish the service so that they can, so that we can go home. I cannot tell you, I don't remember what day it was. I know it was in the week, one day, obviously. I don't know, I can't tell you what day it is. I also cannot tell you what the preacher preached. I don't know. I, we were sitting in the car, yeah. waiting for our parents, for the service to get done so that we can go home. Him and I sitting in the car. I don't know what the guy was preaching. I cannot tell you. But I, what I can tell you is, in a moment, I found myself from where I was sitting. I knew I walked out. I'm, I'm not saying that I somehow you know, went on a cloud. I knew I walked out. But I cannot tell you what happened from the car to going to where they were having the service as an 11 year old sure. confessing my sin uh, you know what it's funny because i'm thinking afterwards i was 11 what sin have i committed that i felt like <laughs> I, dude i was so sorry. convicted so convicted I so con I, when i stood up from my knees you know after i said the confession the prayer you know of confession i literally felt like the world was I don't know what was on my shoulders, but after that, it was gone. Again, I'm asking afterwards, as an 11-year-old, what the heck was going on? Yeah. But it just shows you that we are all, when the Bible says we are all born in sin, that I think that for me, that's what it means. Like mm. even as I knew at 11, I knew I was something just happened to me. You know, sure. I was forgiven. Yeah. You know, I felt like, Everything was lighter. Everything wow. was easier, you know. And to the point where I, when I went to school the next day, even my buddies could tell me, what happened? Why? Why do you? I was 11 years old. Mm. And that, that was what happened. So that was an amazing experience, you know. And, and so from 11, even before that, like I said, when I opened my eyes, I was in church. I was in Sunday school. My mother raised us in church. Um, but 11, I gave I gave my heart to Christ for the first time. Sure. <laughs> I gave my heart to Christ for the first time. <laughs> you know, Paul is Yeah. So I gave my heart to Christ. And um, the journey, you know, it's been an amazing journey. But I have to say, I think, you know, there's so many things that I just took for granted as a believer, as as because I got saved so so young and I've been in church all my life. I just there's just so many things that I that just taken for granted, you know. You just you just live. You're in this world. You're in this 
I could almost call it a bubble, you know, in, in the most positive sense, you know, but that's that's what you see. That's the world that you live in. But I think, you know, a, a, a whole lot of life happened for me when I when I lost my mom. When I lost my mom, it was literally the first time in my life because I grew up in church and we grew up. If somebody is sick, you pray for them. We declare healing. We, you know, it was Lady Uli and whatever. And and, and then they, they get healed. Mm. You know, and in, in the case of my mother, that didn't happen. You know, sure. we found out today that she was sick and it was like three, four months and she was gone. Yo. So that, needless to say, shook my whole belief system. Everything that I believed about church wow. and the world and Christ and everything. It was just thrown. I'm telling you, I was, I, I, it was, it was just thrown. You know, I felt like I was in this dark space because... Mm. This God that I that I believe in, you know, since eleven, you know, that they told me that if you pray, then people get healed. That didn't happen. And in this case, this was my mother. I'm not talking about just somebody. I'm talking about yeah, my mother who wow. taught me everything I knew about Christ. Mm. You know, here I'm praying for her, and um, she's she's no longer there. So. Sure. So that was, that took me on another journey. That took me on a journey of really for the first time I was confronted with, okay, why do you believe what you believe? And and if and I was confronted with, uh, is what you believing even true? You know, and um, and then I went on to, I went on to that journey, on that journey, you know, of really sussing out, you know, of, of finding out for myself, you know, what do I believe about what I believe? You know, I'm, I'm not talking about what people told me. I'm not talking about what my mother told me. And I mean, I honor and respect my mother, but I'm not talking about what no pastor or no man told me. I want to find out for myself. If there is a God, then he needs to reveal himself to me in a way that, I've, that, that, that I need now. Because I need him differently than what I needed him before this. Wow. You know? So, um. Uh, sorry, I don't know. Am I going to long? Should I, what, no, what? this is brilliant, bro. Keep going. I want to I hear what happened when you started asking those good cool. questions. Yeah. Here we go. So, so, I'm, so I'm asking these questions and, and, and I'm, I'm, I, was, I think I was depressed. You know, I, I, I cannot say that clinically, uh, uh, but I, I, it was so dark, Heinz. Mm. It, was, it was dark. I couldn't sleep. Like I couldn't. Because I'm questioning and I'm reading the Bible and I'm praying. Mm. Uh, afterwards, I stopped praying because I, I wasn't sure whether I believe that anymore. Wow. You know, so, so, so now my research that I'm doing is not it, it's not in a it's not even in a positive way. This is the I want to I want to I want to find out in a way that is almost like the proof that God doesn't exist. That's that's almost the feeling of what I had yeah. of why I was doing or I should say the motive. My motive now is to do this to prove that, you see, there is no God. So wow. I went on, on this journey for like for, for months and months. Mm. And I've read every book that I could get. I've listened to every Christian apologist. I've listened to atheists. I've listened to so many different people because I wanted to prove for myself, like I said, whether there was a God. So one day, I'll never forget, one day. I was, and, and I tell you, it was like, I felt like I was in this dark, it was just dark for the, all those months. It was mm. just dark, you know? And this one particular day, I went on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, okay, you now need to tell me because I don't know, 
I don't know whether you are there. I don't know whether I should even continue to believe whether I don't know what to do, but you have to say something. And this was probably eight, nine months into this journey of, you know, kind of, you know, so for those eight, nine months, it was just, it was a bad time. It wasn't a, a, because you're living in the meantime, you have nothing that's solid. Mm. You have nothing, you know, and also you have to understand everything that you believed about life before this is there's a big question mark about that. You know, I don't know if this God is sovereign. I don't know if this God is a healer. I don't know if this God is what he says he is. You know, that's, that's where I am. So I'm praying and I'm this one day I'm praying, taking that little bit of courage and faith and whatever what was left. And I, and I just prayed to God and I said, he has to say something, uh, you know, or if he doesn't say anything, then I know he's not there. And, uh, I felt like this was this was what God was saying to me, and I told you that whole story about eleven years old because I mm. think it was so important. Yeah, God, in that moment, God was taking me back to when I was eleven years old. God said, "Do you remember? You are now trying for eight, nine months to look and search in a book to see whether you can prove whether I exist or not." <laughs> he says, "Go back to when you were eleven years old." You cannot remember what the guy preached. You you cannot remember what day it was. You don't know how you got out of the car to the church to the, where they were having the service. You cannot remember all of that. Mm. Now you're trying to look and search in a book or listen to people to prove whether I am or am not. Wow. It says that day at 11, you cannot explain it. I cannot explain it till today. Yeah. But 11 you knew something happened nobody was involved because it wasn't a preacher giving you five points or three points saying this or, you, you cannot remember because it wasn't about the preacher it wasn't about what he was preaching it was more than that and i'm not saying that we shouldn't preach we obviously should preach but in this case you cannot even remember what he preached you know but i that day you got saved something happened you experienced something that you probably for the rest of your life won't be able to explain to other people. Mm. But something happened between you and I. And that which happened between you and I on that day, you take that and then you tell me whether I'm real or whether I'm not real. Forget about the books. That doesn't mean you go, that doesn't mean you don't go and study. That doesn't mean yeah. you don't go build up nice arguments to do whatever you need to do. I'm not talking about that's not what I'm saying. Mm. What I am saying is there's something so personal and so real. And so it is, it is so yeah, personal, you know, that happens between you and God in the moment mm. that, you know, it's either you believe that or you don't believe it. And I had to be honest with myself. Something happened that day when oh. I was 11. I oh. know it. And I knew it in that moment. So now for me, now I still have to figure out why God, how am I going to reconcile the fact that this God that I believe in, that is a healer, that I believe is a healer, I still had to reconcile why he didn't heal my mother. I still had to reconcile all of those things. But I knew he was. At this point now, I know he is. He exists. Again, I have to figure out what I need to figure out. But I knew and I couldn't, I, I'd had to be dishonest, really, to, to in that moment say, no, there's no God. Yeah. You know, so. Um, wow. I'm talking too much. No, I, bro, this is so good, and it's it's <laughs> it's encouraging. I think there there must be a lot of people. Let me, say, let me say another thing, Hans. Yeah, go, 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 go. So 
so in, in so now now that i had to be sort of intellectually honest with myself and say you know what i cannot deny that something happened when i was 11 years old i cannot deny i i, I have to deny that something happened at 11 to 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 say there's no god and i cannot do that that would be dishonest you know because something happened in that moment mm. so now i still had to like i said reconcile with the what what happened with the healing thing mm. for me personally what happened what am i going to believe about that so i said to god i said god so so why didn't you heal my mom? I mean, I've heard so many testimonies about you healing people. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I think I believe that you are a healer. I, I think I believe that you are a healer. How? So I went on to that journey now. So now that I've established for myself, I think I believe there's a God. <laughs> now I have to figure <laughs> that out. How am I going to reconcile that? Mm. I'll tell you how I reconcile that for Please. myself. I don't know how other people did it for them, but for me, this is how it happened for me. So one day, so I'm not getting any questions. I'm not getting any answers, you know, in terms of that. And I just live on, you know, I, I continue to live. I feel much lighter now because I feel there's a sense. I feel God is, I don't quite understand why this didn't happen in terms of my mother, but I can, at this stage, I can tell you there is a God. I yeah. believe that. Amen. I know. So I continue on this journey. And one day, I'll, I won't forget this day. It was on a Friday. So I'm busy with a new album. And there's one song that I feel is missing. I feel like there's one song that should be on this album, but I, I feel it, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm on the piano, you know, and this Friday, I'm, 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 you know, playing on the piano, playing on the piano, playing on the piano. And as I'm playing, I'm trying to figure out, get it right, this, this last song that I believe should be on the album. And a friend of mine calls me and he says, he calls me, he says, bro, can you please just start praying for me? We're on our way to hospital now. They, they suspect, or he's on his way to the hospital. I think his wife was already there for a checkup or what you have or something. And then they suspected cancer. Mm. So he's on his way because they have to now go into a, an emergency operation. Yeah. So he calls me. Listen to this. You have to understand. Now that you understand the context of where yeah. I'm coming from. Sure. The healing and all of that. He yeah. calls me on this Friday. Mm. Can you please... So it was a, it was a colored man said three years of belief in for me. Yeah, three in, <laughs> uh, no, you mean no in three. I'm the wrong person to call <laughs> to ask for prayer for healing. <laughs> you know, if there's anybody you should ask, you know, for to pray for healing, I'm not the person. You know, but yeah. obviously, you know, he's, he's my buddy is depending on me. Yeah. and obviously in this moment, I'm not saying that. You know, I just think this in my mind. So I put the phone down and I'm like. I don't even know how to pray for healing. Mm. How do you do that? Mm. After I prayed for my mom and she passed away, how do I do that? And, but I know, you know, he's my friend. He's depending on me, you know? So, I'm, so, so, and that was God's way of answering that whole healing yeah, thing. Yeah. Is he sovereign? Yes. And so I, I don't know that at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm just in this battle. How do I do this? Sure. How do I pray? How do I pray? But I know he needs me. His, his wife needs me, their family needs me to pray. So I'm on the piano and I, and I just started playing. I'm, I started playing. Um, and these words came to mind, our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Yes, he is. I'm, I'm playing this. I'm singing. You know, I'm singing my intercession for him. I'm not thinking of writing a song and I'm not thinking of praying for healing. I'm just doing what I felt I needed mm, to do. So, sure. I'm, so I'm playing, our God is awesome. And if he said it, I believe him. I'm Bro, I'm saying all of these things against what I felt. I'm yeah. saying these things with my mouth, so good. coming from my spirit. 
I'm not sure whether I believe this in my mind. I'm not sure whether I believe what is coming out of my mouth, but I'm singing out God is awesome. And if he said it, I believe him. And if he promised, he will do it. Sure. I shall not worry about tomorrow, for I know my God is in control. Mm. He's Al Shaddai, he's Elohim, and he, I'm writing this. Mm. And while I'm not, I'm interceding. I'm not yeah. thinking of writing. Yeah. But these are these are the words coming out of my mouth. Sure. You know. And if he said it, I believe it, and all of that. And then I said, then I said, uh, so I started with our God is awesome, and I'm playing chords as well. I could have played it if I had the piano on now. Uh, um, but then I started playing. I, I started playing. Um, so you can uh, sing it, bro. Uh, you can sing it. So I said, I sang. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Yes, He is, and forever He reigns. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Yes, He is, and mm. I will stand upon His word. Cause if He said it, then I believe Him, and if He promised, then He will do it. I shall not worry about tomorrow, mm. for I know my God is in control. He's Al Shaddai, Adonai Elohim, King of Kings, and He reigns forevermore and forever. I proclaim. And then I started. Um, our God is a healer. I sing. Our God is a healer. Yes, He's a healer. Our God is. It. And then I went on. And then the last one I sang. We serve a miracle. We serve a miracle. We serve a miracle. Working God, and forever He reigns. We serve a miracle. Bro, I'm singing all these things and I'm not sure mm. whether I'm believing what I'm singing. Mm. Sure. And the whole time that I'm singing, I don't even know how long it took. You know, I was just interceding. I wasn't trying to sing. Mm. I was trying to intercede mm. because I couldn't say these words. You know, it was easier for me to sing it in melody or sure. with melody. You know, how powerful is that? Think yeah. about that. Think about that. God was using the one gift that he gave me yeah. to bring me back to him. Because what I wouldn't say with my mouth, I would sing with my mouth. From he your was spirit, using man. Yeah. Me so powerful. That I was, I was struggling to say. I was yeah. struggling to confess it in speech. Anyway, you may, I'm thinking about that now. So, so I'm, I'm singing for the whole time. I'm interceding for my friend. And he calls me back. So I was taking, I don't know how long it was taking me, maybe an hour, two hours, mm. you know, as they were assessing her situation, you know. And he calls me back to say, bro, they've checked and they can, there's no cancer. <laughs> Heinz, Hallelujah. You have to understand. What that did this for is me, I know it did a whole lot for him, obviously. Sure. But what it did for my faith yeah. was, I'm telling you, I was like, I got so many answers. Now, you have to understand, I, that still didn't bring my mother back. So I still have to reconcile that. I still have to understand yeah. why was it that I prayed. So now I'm, so now I'm I almost said a word that I couldn't say, but I was, <laughs> I was beat off a little bit with God. You know, I, was I like, hear you, bro. God, but now why? Not that I didn't want my friend's wife to be cancer-free. I obviously want that. But now I don't understand further. I'm like, but now why did this? How? And God was saying to me, it, it's in the words that you sang. Mm. So I'm thinking, oh, God is awesome. And God was saying to me, I'm not awesome because I heal. I'm awesome even when I don't heal. I'm still awesome. Yeah. I am awesome regardless of whether you get what you want. So I'm sitting here. God was, I felt like, and I was like, God was saying, I'm sovereign. Not only because I heal 
somebody or not because I don't heal. I'm not sovereign based on what I do. I'm sovereign based on who I am. I'm mm. God. Yeah. And I was like, and God so was good. at, at 30, what was I, 33 when my mom died. God was teaching me for the first time, what does it mean for me to say that he's sovereign? What it means for me to say as a believer that God is sovereign, that means God gets to decide to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, and with whomever he wants to do it. Sure. And you, as the worshiper, you get to say, our God is awesome. Yeah. Our God is sovereign. When yeah. he does, well, God is worthy of praise and worship. Even if God don't answer another prayer for the rest of our lives, mm. he is still worthy of our worship. Wow. So good. Anyway. Woo. Bro. Got me preaching. Yeah, man. I wasn't. I love crying. it. No, that's that's why we do this. Because what yeah. you are what you are sharing from such a real vulnerable place, I think speaks to so many hearts that have lost loved ones. Yeah. That that love Jesus but have the same struggle and the same question yeah. and wh while you're sharing this I, there's so many scriptures that are popping up into my mind and and getting uh, almost like a new context you know I've I mean I've struggled with verses like James 1 that says counted all joy when trials and tribulations of various kinds come Mom. your way and then I'm it says off. why it, it's <laughs> It says, so you can be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Sure. And Romans yeah. 5 says we need to glory in tribulation sure. because it, it builds your character, gives you perseverance, and perseverance gives you hope, and hope gives you a future. So Come we on. read these things, but, I mean, when's the last time any of us really got excited <laughs> about tough situations? And now we're in this weird world right yeah. now where it seems like everything's falling apart and uh, what do we do right and you said it look to an awesome god and the, the scriptures also tell us what to do there i was just thinking yeah. now of psalm 100 that says yeah. we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise so if we choose like you said it so beautifully i didn't feel like praying yeah. this but yeah. i did it anyway that is yeah. the that is a choice of faith going right. you know, despite what I feel I'm going to believe and right. I'm going to put my faith in God because yeah. faith is not a feeling and, and that's what I'm hearing from your story that's so powerful yeah. and to yeah. in that moment to say you know what despite how my emotions are feeling and what my mind is thinking I'm going to tap into my spirit man that's made new in Christ and yeah. from there I'm going to say thank you Jesus Hallelujah. Yeah. I praise your name. Right. I, I recently spoke to friends of mine about this whole thing of, of going through difficult situations. And, and I just shared some thoughts with them and they shared their testimony. And they said they, they have a very real experience of oh. Psalm 100 where, where it's similar to your story. They said they were struggling with so many difficult things. But, yeah. but then they got the, the message through a pastor to thank God. That they are going through this and they were at first like offended like how can i thank god sure. for going through I'm these sure. things you know yeah yeah and then they said you know what we've tried everything else let's do this so they they sat down him and his wife and they started thanking god and praising god for all the difficult things that they were facing he says sure. the next moment 
they felt the presence of God and the holiness of the Holy Spirit come upon them in a way they've never felt before. And wow. in that presence, all that stuff fell off. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said something profound. He said, because we thanked him and praised him, we entered his courts, we entered his gates, and the right. stuff can't go in there. Oof. It can't go in there. Oof. I was like, my mind is blown. And I'm like, yeah. that is what that scripture is actually telling us. Right. Um, we also have 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 that says, rejoice always, pray right. without right. ceasing, in right. everything give thanks. Not in some things, in everything. Right. Give, I mean, how hard is that? Your uh, mother died, rejoice. Yeah. Your mother yeah. died, thanksgiving. Right. Like, right. that is, how do yeah. you do that? How do but you do then that? When, you, when you don't tap into feelings and thoughts, you tap into spirit. That is right. when God can start revealing his divine sovereign plan Under. and how he sees things. Yo, bro, that yeah. is so yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, man. Sure, man. That is so yeah. good. The the messages are blowing up. People are loving this. This is so, so beautiful. Nandi is crying. Nandi. Yeah. <laughs> so good. We love you guys. Um, that is so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Let me say let me let me say one more thing. Yes, on, please. On, on on worship. And um I think for the first time after I lost my mom and, and in that song. Our God is awesome. I felt like for the first time, because, you know, we, we tend to, when we talk about worshipers and worship this and worship is a lifestyle and worship, let's lift our hands and worship. Let's, you know, worship, when we think of worship, we think of music and singing and all of that stuff, mm, you know, which, mm. which is not necessarily wrong. But, but it's, it, it, in that moment, God was teaching me what real worship was. And, and God was showing me that, you know, well, it was, it was, I've already seen this. And like you said, you know, these scriptures comes to mind again and you're like, oh, wait a minute, let me think about this. And when you think about worship, we have to think about the, the first time that worship is mentioned in the Bible. The first time that worship, the word worship is mentioned in the Bible is in the story of Abraham. And when we learn about worship for the first time, it is connected to sacrifice. Mm, sure. There's no singing. Sure. There's no keyboard. Wow. There's no praise and worship team. The first time, and there's a principle in the Bible, if you understand anything about theology and how to, to understand the Bible and read the Bible, the, the first, there's a principle of first, first mentioned. If you want to study any concept in the Bible, you have to go and look at where was this, this concept first or the subject first mentioned in the bible because it gives you an idea of what the intention was so yes. the intention of worship so by the time we learn in psalms about lifting your hands and singing okay let's go back to the original intent yeah the first time we learn about worship it is connected to sacrifice it is literally god telling somebody go and sacrifice your son that's what worship is it is sacrifice you know it is giving god it's literally saying God, you don't have to answer any of my prayers. Like literally you don't have, mm. you know, you don't have for the rest of my life. You're not worthy because you answer prayers. That's not why God is worthy. He's wow. worthy because he's God. Wow. And when he tells Abraham to go and sacrifice his son. When David's son dies because of 
what happened in that story. The Bible says David goes into the temple and worship God just after he lost his son. Mm. Because that's God is God regardless of what and who. God is God. And that's for the first time sure. that I learned. And for me as a singer and a musician, it was then it became so easy. Singing is and I love to sing and worship God in singing, you know, but there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a worship that goes deeper than singing harmonies and nice music. And again, I'm, well, we can keep on singing. I love singing. Mm. But I'm telling you, it is in that sacrifice. Yeah. It is the worship that happens in that sacrifice. When you don't, you don't have to lift your hands. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to, nothing. You know, it's in that sacrifice that I think, born out of that sacrifice now when we sing. When we now sing mm. out of that mm. sacrifice. I'm telling you, that Yo. is what happens. And I know with you and so many people, how many times have you had to lead people in singing and in worship? And and then you come out of hell. Yes, yeah. so you've just been through a hell this week, sure. you know. So for you then to stand on that stage and then people come to you and say, Yo, Heinz, we were so blessed. And you think, Yo, how could anyone have gotten any blessing out of this? Yeah, you know, I it is know. because you've just worshiped out of a real place and a place out of, of that brokenness. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, it, it makes me think of Psalm 51, where it's about David, and, and it says, You don't desire uh, offerings, you desire a broken and contrite heart. That is the, the sacrifice that God is actually looking for, is that yeah. humility, that vulnerability that we bring. Yeah. And I know yeah. some of my biggest breakthroughs during worship was was when I wasn't trying to perform, but I was really just... Yeah. Being vulnerable before God. Yeah. Um, some of yeah. my biggest breakthroughs when I was angry with God happened right. when I was willing to listen to right. what He's telling me. Uh, yes. this, this one yes. time in worship, I remember I was, I was really angry at God because it was, it was during a very tough season after we moved to Cape Town and gave up a lot of stuff that, that we felt God said, we must do, go through some big changes. And we yeah. lost a lot of money, lost income. And right. uh, we, we uh, actually lost our, our medical aid for a few months. And right. I had this one prayer. I said, Lord, please don't let anything happen to my children while we don't have medical aid. Right. And what right. did I do? I put my trust in medical aid. <laughs> sure. And sure. so then my, my oldest fell and broke his elbow, like completely. Oh, my had goodness. to go to the hospital. I couldn't, I couldn't pay for it. But yeah. my, my brother-in-law and my dad were here and, you know, long story short, they helped and we were able to take care of him properly. But yeah. it, was, it was embarrassing. It tested right. my pride and it right. made me angry at God. That Sunday, yes. I was in church worshiping, but, you know, I, I was kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I yeah. don't want to worship right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, and I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper this to me. It's like, you are not a victim. You're sure. a victor. Oh, In me, wow. you are victorious. And then he just yep. asked me a question. Did I not provide? Mm. <laughs> yeah, bro. Then I was like, yeah. I just started yeah. crying and confessing. Yeah. and said, Lord, help me. And, mm -hmm. and that is, I mean, I think that is where worship should be. Yes, we can write right. pretty songs and make yeah. people get goosebumps. But like you say, it's yeah. so much yeah. more than that. And when yeah. we say worship is a lifestyle, it has become a cliche. You're right. Um, right. because when we say that, what do we mean? Do yeah. we mean sacrifice? And right. I, I, right. So, I so completely agree with you. Um, there's also that great story of, of where King David 
uh, wanted a piece of land. And the guy said, no, you can have it. You're the king. And he's like, no, no, no. If it doesn't cost me something, yes. Yes. then it's not worth it. Because um, right. he wanted to put an altar there or something for God. So he wanted yeah. it. It was, a, it was an act of worship. And he knew yeah. how important the cost is. Uh, sure. Yeah. That is uh, such, a great, yeah. such a great picture, yeah. bro. Well done. Cool, man. I, I have a few more questions, but it's almost uh, 2 o'clock. Can you go a little bit longer? What, where are we now? What's the time now? Five to two. Can can I ask you one more question? Yeah, I had yeah, a few cool. others, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do one one that I think is more like a conversation. Um, yeah. You and I are the same age. We yeah. know now. We, <laughs> we, know. we grew up in this in the same country, but we yeah. didn't really grow up in the same country. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, you you grew up. You you were in Mitchell's Plain your whole life, right? Kalksiamantain, Kalksiamantain, yeah. That's so. So yeah. that that is that's where you grew up. I moved around quite a bit, but you know, typically stayed in in what we would call you know white neighborhoods and backgrounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you know we're we're at a place in in our nation, and in the world where I think we need to be real and realistic about what is happening and open up conversations about wh- what is what should this what should the culture in church look like um, yeah. and and how should we be relating to each other across racial boundaries class boundaries denominational boundaries you know when when i invited yeah. you and luiso to be part of the song it's time it was something that was so strongly pressed on my heart that we need to be a voice yeah that we need to raise a sound of unity not uniformity yeah. unity right. in christ the right. way jesus wants right. it John like, 17. That's Say that again. That's vital. Not that's uniformity, uniformity, but yeah. unity that's in the Spirit awesome. of God. Yeah. The, that prayer in John 17 where Jesus prays passionately to the Father and says, let them be one as you and I are one. And then he says this twice. He says, because if, if they are one, then the world will know that you sent me. Right. So the, the extent to which the church is not united is the extent to which the world won't believe that Jesus came. 100%. That is what I'm seeing. So one of our yeah. strongest evangelical tools is to, is to be united uh, in Christ. Yeah. yeah. And, and I believe that we have a very long way to go in terms yeah. of that. So yeah. I'm a white Afrikaans man. And yeah. you come from Mitchell's Plain. We sorry. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my people in Dalton. Amen. Yes. And yeah. you know, we, we both lived through the transition from the old yeah. to the new South Africa and the last, you know, twenty-five years odd. What has your experience been and what can what should people like me in this nation know about the experience that you had and how how can we do better? How can we yeah. love better? How can we be better in terms of, you know, it's, we can talk about the broad strokes, but I think we should talk about the church because if we can start there and the church can lead the sure. way, I think we can yeah. see a change. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think it's, such a, it's obviously, I mean, we need, we need a lot of time to really yeah. dissect this and really talk through what we need to talk through. It's, it's going to take time. And it's, and I'm saying it's going to take time as if we're only going to start now. I mean, it's obviously, it's been taking time. Yeah. It's been taking a long time to get through it. I do, however, think um, 
that a lot of the conversations that, that we've had, um, some of it has helped and some of it obviously hasn't helped. That's why we are still here and we'll probably still be here for another, for a long time. Who mm. knows? You know, it takes, I mean, you've been married for what, how many years? For t- going, on, going on 14. 14 years. I've been married for 20 years. I can tell you in, in, if you understand anything about relationships, <laughs> anything, whether that is spouse, spousal relationships, whether that is father and, father and son, anything about relationships, you know, it takes a lifetime to get through certain conversations. Yeah. You know, the thing that you're like, and how many times have your wife told you, haven't, I, haven't we spoken about this before? Why do we have to go over you know, uh, my my and, wife's and, favorite line sometimes is, "I feel like you don't know me." <laughs> you see, <laughs> you see. So, so now think about that on a micro level. Yeah. Think about on a micro level. Now think about rela- race relationships and mm. think of that on a macro level. Mm. How lo- how many times do you think we're gonna have to talk about and have these conversations on a macro level? If this is what happened on a micro level, sure. You know. And I feel like I feel like for me, if I was the if I was the president of this country of South Africa, you know, never um, for president. I, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like there's a certain things that I would do differently. You know, um, uh, but that's just me. Like for instance, and then I think, and this is not to trivialize nobody else's experience, you know, but people have different experiences. Mm. People have just because I grew up on the Cape Flats, you know. But colored people are not what they call a monolith in the same way that white Afrikaans people are not a monolith. Yeah. And the same with black people and any person, you know, any people group, any race group, any of this. Nobody is like set in stone and all, you know. All of uh, them are the people. same, yeah. Exactly, yeah. you know. So so I think it is, there are certain conversations that, that's important, you know. They are, then there, let me say this. There's a, there's a, who Here's what I would say, bottom line. If you want to understand the bottom line, the bottom line for me is whoever stole whatever from whoever, they need to give that back. Now, let me say that. Let me understand this. That doesn't, that, that only means whoever, because you see, we live in a culture and in South Africa and, and so many, where if, it's like when people talk about somebody took, they don't talk about somebody too. It's like all these people <laughs> did this mm. and all these people. I'm like, wait a minute. Can we pinpoint who these people are so that I can get my white brothers and my Indian brothers and all my brothers to come? Let's come together and find out who the perpetrators are. But if you're just going to say white people, this black people, this colored people, this you just lump everybody mm. into one group. Mm. And here's what I'm saying. And I said this to my wife the other day. If you say all white people did this or all colored people did this or are like this or, or then the, the people that are the real perpetrators, they get away because they can now hide under all the what they think that's all the white people in any case. So I so we never get wow. to who really the person is. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. What I'm, what I'm, get, yeah. that's, that's like saying men are this men. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. What I'm How hearing is, is it's about justice. It's, it's, a, about it, it's about figuring out what is that thing that's wrong. It, uh, I listened to an amazing conversation between Stephen Furtick and John Gray from their yeah. past Sunday, and they're talking about this whole tension in America as well. And yeah. what, what I found was, was so well put by John Gray is he said it's, 
it's not a race issue as much as, as it is a, um, a humanity, compassion, justice issue. He, yes. said if, he said if that was, if that was a, a man putting his knee on a dog, there would be a bigger reaction. Sure. Then, wow. And he said that's a problem. Wow. That's a problem yeah. that some people right. have more compassion for an animal than for a human being. So right. it, and, and then, like you say, whoever is doing the injustice, they should be brought to justice. But there is a bigger conversation, and it, it's, a, it, it's a heart. It's a matter of the heart. Yeah, and yeah, so I hear you, bro. Yeah, that's good. See? Thank you. And I, and I, and let me just say, lastly, I mean, for me, I feel like there's such a. And I grew up. I grew up. Uh, just the, I just want to throw another point in. There's so many. I mean, we have to have a, a whole conversation about this. It's, I'll bring you back. It's a, you know, <laughs> so it's a. I mean, the justice, the justice side of it. You know, and the 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 putting everybody in one group and just you know, like I said, white. I I, I don't like those conversations. Mm. I don't like the whole white people are like this, colored people are like that, Indian people are like that. Now maybe you've experienced it with maybe too many colored people or too many white people, but that doesn't mean all. Yeah, still colored people yeah. are like that. I hate that. You know, sure. and as long as we talk in those terms, we're losing the we're losing. This conversation is going nowhere. You know, because here's the thing that I'm saying. If, if, if there is an injustice, and there's lots of injustices, so there's an injustice. If we can pinpoint and identify the injustice, then I'm sure I can get whoever, because this is now about justice. It's not about color. It's not about what race you are, what language you speak. This is about humans with the love of God, understand that our God is the God of justice. Mm. And doesn't matter what the color is. That's not the point. The point is that it's justice. I want justice for whoever the human being is, Amen. regardless That's of good. what the amount of melanin, you know, color, or yeah. how dark, or how deep, or white. You know, uh, did you hear this one guy he said something was really awesome? He said, "We are all one color. We all our color comes from melanin, right? Mm, mm. It's just that you've got more, and I've got just different shades. <laughs> that was powerful." He said. He said that was. And he said, so he's in a white church. Um, mm. I can't get to his name now. And he says, he says, don't you white people for one minute think just because God gave me, what? Just because I've got more melanin than you, don't for one minute think that God loves me more than you. That was so funny. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was just so awesome, you know, really, Got really to cool. turn it around, yeah. Could turn, you, you understand? But I think that's a great way of thinking thinking about it. let me say one more thing that i'm going to be done for now yes i think i remember as a kid you know i was really you know i was looking at i would always hear people say about white people who have this superiority complex you know so i would always hear those terms and so on and you know i would think you know what i've seen it i've seen it in a couple of white people having the superiority complex and i'm and i'm struggling with it and, and me as a colored person, you know, I'm thinking about it. And as a black person, I'm thinking about it. And one day I heard God say to me, he said, you are thinking, you are thinking in terms of white people having a superiority complex. But what about your inferiority complex? Yo. What about you wow. and your inferiority complex? How you see yourself. You are shifting sure. 
the focus mm. and the blame or whatever you want to call it on somebody who you feel has a superiority. I and God was this was so what God was saying to me. Sure. God was saying, I'm having a problem with him having a superiority problem. But I'm also having a problem with you having an inferiority problem wow. because I did not give you a spirit of fear. Yo. Why? Because, and I've got a lot of white friends. I mean, I've got a bunch of white friends. Not only one. Heinz is not my token white friend. I've got a bunch. <laughs> you know, I've got a few white friends. But here's the point. You are thinking in terms of him or her in terms of superiority. But you, what makes you think that they think they are better than you. Maybe the problem, maybe they don't even think in those terms. Yeah, Have you sure. ever thought maybe you are the problem? Maybe you are thinking that you are less. Wow. It's not that they thinking that they are more. Maybe mm. you are thinking that you are less. And that is as much of a problem as, and that doesn't mean there's obviously some people that feel like they're better than other people or that they're superior. But if you are struggling with inferiority, then you have as much of a problem. It perpetuates the problem, yeah. Exactly. But what, it, you know. what I'm hearing there, bro, is a, is a question of identity. Yeah. And that is why I think this is such an important question to, to talk about within the church community. And when I yeah. say church community, I mean people that have really given their lives to Jesus and say right. that I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. Because right. there's a lot of there's a lot of implication to that. Sure. If you don't know Jesus and you have hate towards someone from another culture, then I can kind of understand that. Because right. you don't have the supernatural touch of Jesus in your life to to yeah. help you become a citizen of heaven. Your right. culture is now shifted from your earthly place that you were born to your heavenly destination. Right. And you are not from this world, you're in this world. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if, if you don't have that, then I understand yeah. that you have hate yeah. and yeah, yeah. aggression and all that stuff. But if yeah. you tell me that you're a Christian. And, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can yeah. say you love Jesus, but you don't, you don't, how can you say you love Jesus, but your brother, you know, regardless of the shade of their melanin, yeah. you know, regardless of, you, you don't love them. I don't know if you can love Jesus. You I don't can't. know if you know Jesus, let you me can't. say it like that. No, you can't. You know? And this is, there's a scripture, that. bro. There's a scripture for that. That's yeah. a very uncomfortable scripture to read. But yeah. it, it says it, um, 1 John 4. Yeah. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love his, uh, he who does not love does not know God. For God right. is love. In this, the, in this, the love of God was manifested that God has sent His only begotten Son. Um, then he says, he, he talks about if you don't love your brother, you, you don't love God. It's, exactly. that, it's that simple. And I think that is the question. If you say you are a Christian, and this is, for me, salvation is such an important thing. Not just, yeah. not just I've gave my life to Jesus as a ticket to heaven, but right. the step of making Jesus Lord of my life. Is such a huge one because that is when yeah. you really die to self. And when yeah. you die to self, you die to all your preconceived ideas, your culture. Right. And right. I mean, I think it was uh, Mandela that put it so well. He said, no one is born a racist. It's something right. that's taught. Wow. So you, by what you observe, by what you yeah. see around you, and what yeah. you don't observe and what you're right. not exposed to, you yeah. develop the way a way of thinking 
But sure. when we come to Christ, we have this opportunity to go, Jesus, how do you see things? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to be very careful to, to, to worship a white Jesus or a black right. Jesus or a right. colored Jesus. He's right. Jesus. And he's, right. when he was on earth, he was actually Middle Eastern. <laughs> right, right. Yes. But yes. that's not even the point. I love yeah. the fact that it was middle and it was in the middle of the <laughs> earth kind of, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but he is God's son who gave life. And we've been speaking about justice for human life. Who gives value to human life? It's, it's yes. God. He 100%. gives the, the, the value. Who yeah. are we to look at a creature created in the image of God and yeah. think less of it? And that yes. goes for us as well. And that's why what you were saying about identity is so important. If I know who I am in Christ, then like Paul says, I won't think more of myself than I ought to think of myself. So I think just enough, like God loves me and I love other people. That is why I'm here. And the same way, if I I can't have an inferiority complex because I know who I am in Christ. So that is the place where we all need to get as Christians is yeah. really be rooted in that knowledge of who yes. we are in Christ and then from there love people but it's 100%. so true what you say bro we have to start with ourselves yeah it's easy yeah. to blame shift it's easy to yeah. to to blame other people but what yeah. what can I check in my heart right and how can I change where I'm at and this yeah. conversation and the ones I've listened to has really challenged me is how can I yeah. how can I as a white Afrikaans man be part of the solution? instead of yeah. part of the problem or even yes. worse i think the worst thing you can be is apathetic or right. or just stand on the sidelines and go yeah that's really bad but yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't do anything about it yeah yeah you know? yeah yeah and yeah so that for me this is important that that the the church gets gets this message that we need to really get to that place where we know who we are in christ and then love yes. as christ would love everyone around us that is the important thing that's it that's exactly what it is and i think and that is when the church becomes relevant that's when the church i I don't and and there's so many things connected when it comes to the church of jesus christ that is connected to love you know it's by this shall all men know that you are my disciples Mm. it's not about it's not about who goes Mm. to your church it's not about what they drive it's not about what they sing it's not about how they sing it is by you loving each other yes the best promotion or the best publicity or the best PR for church is people loving people. Amen. That's what it is. We've made it fancy and we put on the smokes and the lights and nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying that doesn't show people Jesus. What shows people Jesus is me genuinely loving my brother and my sister. That's what shows people Jesus. You don't even have to say Jesus. I don't even have to say Jesus. You don't have to quote no scriptures. Just love your brother and your sister. Wow. That speaks for itself. That's a sermon. That's a good sermon. That is. You should preach, <laughs> you should preach that, bro. But I, I would love to get you back on, cool. on this program if you're open to it. And, and we can continue yes, this conversation because I think it's very important to, to have this conversation. Um, yeah. Next week, I'm chatting to, to Luiso. Cool. Uh, Luisa Bala, and, and I want to chat to him about this as well because, you yeah. know, he comes, again, from another perspective, and we're all kind of the yeah. same generation, yeah. and I think yeah. it's important for us to, to, to talk about these things and to really challenge everyone that, out there that calls themselves a Christian, like, yeah. what does that mean? What does that look like? And it, right. 
it it's a it touches on everything in your life. It touches the way you love your wife, you love your children, you love your community. Um, and and loving people, you know, from other races is part of loving people. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, God said, love God, love God, love people. That's the two most right. important commandments. We can't cherry pick the people that yeah. we choose to love. That's 100%. that's not... <laughs> 100%. Anyway, yeah. I'm... I'm you know, I'm. I'm think I'm a combination of upset and excited and yeah. passionate yeah. about this whole thing. Right. And and I just want to say, bro, I really I love you and I respect you and I I'm so glad that you are a voice in South Africa, and I'm so glad that that God has given you a talent to communicate and to communicate through music and through yeah. speaking. And yeah. I I just yeah I just want to I can't wait for this lockdown to lift so. You know, we can all get out and do our thing. Um, yeah, man. But but may God bless you and your family. And uh, I've I've put Neville's uh, details on the screen and in the in the subject matter. You can go to his website. You can uh, email him if you want to. Your church wants to book him for later in this year yeah. or next year. Uh, so please yeah. support him. He's got an amazing band. They are so good at ministering the word of God and uh, and beautiful songs. So and bro, I Thanks. can't wait for us to share a stage again. And, yes, sir. And then obviously I have to punt our song. It's time. Please go it's check it out time. on YouTube. Yeah, man. Uh, and share it with other people. I think that song is now, you know, two years later, even more relevant. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, I would love... It's been two years already. Wow. Wow, bro. It's crazy. We, it was 2018 we brought it out. So it's almost two years. Oh. It's about Maybe. September we released the video. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But I, cool. can I ask that you... Um, as we end off, just pray for those watching and listening and, and sure. do a prayer for, let's do a prayer for the church of South Africa to yeah. really walk in the unity that Jesus called us into. Please. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking as I'm going to start this prayer, I'm thinking of reconciliation. You know, God has given us that ministry, you know, of reconciliation, you yeah. know, to be the bridge, you know. If, if people if people are finding themselves at a place where they they're saying oh we don't know how we don't know how to do well that's because God has anointed the church yeah. with ministry yeah. you know to reconcile to ask the tough questions that need to be asked with the aim the ultimate aim of reconciliation yes. and we've been anointed to do that and I pray that the church will really in the name of Jesus will take up their primary the primary reason for why God has given us a uh, 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 church for mm. why God is is calling us the church. You know, we've made all these fancy things and we've done all these fancy things. But the most important thing that people in this world needs about the church right now is the ministry of reconciliation. Is to sure. us to let people and to show people the love of Jesus. Just just the plain beautiful love of Jesus. Um, I pray that pastors and ministers and leaders and singers and musicians and, and people leading in politics, mm. believers who follow Jesus leading in politics, that they will just undoubtedly and un, uh, uh, unapologetically declare Jesus as yes. an answer because he is the answer. If there was ever a time that we could, that we should and uh, propose Jesus as the answer, then it's mm. now. Amen. Um, and I pray that we will, like I said, unapologetically declare that Jesus is the answer because he is the answer uh, for the world today. And um, that is my prayer in Jesus' name. 
Yes, thank you, Lord. And I also just want to pray for, for Neville and his family and his ministry. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing man of God. Thank you for his marriage and his family. Bless them, strengthen them, guide thank them. You, Lord. Lord, thank you for wisdom. Thank you for thank open doors, favor. Let's uh, yeah, just lead him, Lord, in the ways that you have for him. I thank you that we can pray your protection over them as a family and, uh, and that you will... Just download, Lord, more creativity, more songs, more ideas and ways of uh, letting the world know how your love can unlock their lives. And that, yes. that it can be through songs, that it can be through through uh, sermons, messages, whatever it might be, Lord. Thank you that yeah. you will bless him, strengthen him and guide him. And uh, I just pray your angels will surround them. Your wall of fire that we read about in your word will surround them. We thank you for the blood of Christ that covers them and the, the armor of God that is all over them. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, man. That was wonderful, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your time and uh, for being on this. And I really want to bring you back. I think we can definitely uh, take that conversation further. I'm going to see if I can do a, a, a three-way chat with maybe you and yeah, Lisa at some good. point. That could be really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I need to see if this uh, program I have can do that. <laughs> but anyway, cool, um, thank you so much and God bless you. I'm just going to quickly chat to the people about the rest of the week. So cool. for, uh, we've got a few more guests coming uh, this week. It's really exciting. Tomorrow I'm chatting to a guy called Jamie George. He is from um, from America. Ooh. He's a pastor there, a motivational speaker. He's got some amazing things happening. Uh, on Wednesday, I'm chatting to Pastor Anthony Liebenberg. He is from a life church in Seapoint, and he runs Life Child Organization. Amazing man of God with some awesome stories. Thursday, I've got the amazing privilege of chatting to Uncle Angus Bucken, which I'm really looking forward to. And Friday, we've got Pastor Alan Bagg from the Bay Christian Family Church. So a week packed with some amazing people. Come and follow the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, and make sure you click on the little bell to, to make sure you get the notifications when we're on. And come and join us as you see how God's love has unlocked people's lives. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.